Thank you so much for spending your day with us. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, it, it's been a privilege to host you. It's been a privilege to be here with you and worship alongside of you and receive with you. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. So thank you so much, every one of you guys. Um, my name is Cynthia Magaña, uh, Cynthia Daisy Magaña, if you want to get it right. Um, <laughs> and um, I co-pastor this church with my husband. Um, we've been pastoring this church. We're going on five years. Yeah, five years. And it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been pretty, but it's always been good. Like, God has always been good to us. And so um, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> I pretty much know everybody here. There isn't anybody that I really don't know. Um, I'm also the founder of She Is. So, She Is. I, um, I didn't grow up in church. Like, I didn't, I didn't grow up. My parents didn't take me to church. I, I didn't, I'm not a weirdo. Um, <laughs> no offense. But um, um, as I grew as a, as a spiritual kid, as, as I grew in my relationship with God, I, um, I never really was empowered as a woman. I wasn't really empowered and encouraged to speak I wasn't told that I can be a, a preacher. I wasn't told that I had giftings over my life. I didn't know that there were other Christians outside of my bubble. <laughs> there was a lot that I didn't know. But specifically when it comes to women, I didn't know that women could be so powerful. I didn't know that. And so uh, a few years ago, God, um, he put this mission in my heart. And this is what she is, is. She is, is the empowerment of women. Equipping them to walk fully, fruitfully, and completely confident in who they are in Christ. That is what she is, is. And that's my purpose behind she is. That's the vision that I feel God gave me for us. He wants to see you walking fulfilled, equipped, and full of purpose. Because that's how he made you. Amen? All right. Thank you so much. Many thanks. So tonight, I'm going to be speaking about, I'm going to speak about Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman. How many of you guys have ever heard those passages? Amen. Gracias. So um, we're going to read verses 10 through uh, 31, but not just yet. I have a little bit of a backstory. So when we first started She Is, um, the thought of preaching about this passage came to mind. But I thought that, um, I mean, usually this was my thinking three years ago. Please don't hate me. My thinking was, everybody's preaching about that. Like you have pro a women's conference, a Proverbs 31 woman message. And I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit different. And on top of that, actually more than that, I kind of didn't really like her. 
like, I didn't like this woman. I didn't like her. And let me tell you why. I have good reasons, believe me. Well, the first reason, honestly, now, looking back at it, I didn't really understand this passage. That's the honest truth. I just didn't understand it. That's why I didn't like her. I didn't understand her. But this is why I didn't like her, okay? So I didn't like her because I felt like she set the bar unrealistically high. Like, who does that? Like, who does all of that? This woman makes her own clothes, for heaven's sake. She's, we're going to read about her, but dang. Dang, she does a lot. And I thought, it's, it's too much. It's an, an, it's an uh, excuse me, it's an it's unrealistic bar that she's setting for us women. And on top of that, the messages that I heard about her weren't really messages of encouragement, but it, they were messages of, this is, how, this is who you're supposed to live up to. I just, kept, I just kept reading about her and reading about how she was succeeding in life and thriving in life. And honestly, her successes only reminded me of my failures. When I, saw, when I read about her and I saw how good she was at living, how good she was at being a wife, being a mom, like doing all of these things, I thought... I'm not doing all of that, so I must not be a worthy woman. I must not be a successful woman. At the time, she was the epitome of success to me, and I definitely wasn't. So that's why I didn't like this girl. <laughs> but this year, actually, I've gotten to spend some time with her, and I've gotten to know her, and Pravi and I, that's her name, Pravi and I are actually really good friends. Like, we're really good friends now. She's helped me through a lot. She's taught me a lot of things. And I'm so grateful for a friend like her. She's amazing. So let's read about her. Verse 10. You guys there? Can I get an amen? amen. All right. Amen. Gracias. All right. So I'm reading the message version. It's going to be up here as well. You can read along. All right, so it says, a good woman is hard to find, yes, <laughs> and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has a reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn, preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. She looks over a field and buys it. Then, with the money she's put aside, she plants a garden. First, first thing in the morning, she dresses for work. She rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for, uh, for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and, and hearth, 
diligent in homemaking, she's quick to assist anyone in need, reaches out to help the poor, she doesn't worry about her family when it snows, their winter clothes, she's got them, they're mended and ready to wear, she makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and skills. Her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well-made and elegant, and, she's all, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say. <laughs> Don't we wish we all had that gift? <laughs> Just kidding. And she always says it kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. We'll stop there. Isn't she amazing? Like, honestly, Pravi is like, she's awesome. She's so dope, right? Can we all say dope? Can you turn to your neighbor and say dope? Yes. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, so I, I love her. Like, just reading about her is inspiring. I don't hate on her. I'm inspired by her. So when we were preparing for She Is, my husband and I were sitting at home, and we were talking um, about what the conference was going to be about. And I said, hey, look, I know that before I didn't really want to, but I kind of want to this time. I want to talk about Pravi. And um, so really this conference is birthed from her, inspired by her. God highlighted her to us because she's just so amazing. So I asked myself this time around when I was reading about her, I asked myself a couple of questions. Instead of saying, I hate her, she's perfect, she, I mean, she never has a bad day. She never has a bad day. How many of you guys never have a bad day? Let me see how many of you lie. <laughs> she never has a bad day. I have a lot of bad days. And it's just, it's just awesome that that she does what she does, and she does it so well. And I was asking God, God, how does she do that? Like, how is this woman able to live this life and do all of these things, do them so well? She's, she's thriving in life. She's thriving in life. She's not just surviving, but she's thriving. And it's amazing. And I want to, I asked God, I want to do that. Like, I want to I I thrive in life, in, in whatever season. I want to thrive. I don't want to just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of alive. Like, no, I want to like be like happy and joyful and doing all these things. I mean, she looks forward to getting up in the morning. And according to the verse, she doesn't drink coffee. That's just her. <laughs> But yeah, how many of you guys know that God made you to thrive and not just merely survive? How many of you guys know that? Raise your hands up high. 
Okay, amen, good. I'm in, a, I'm in good company. So I asked God those questions, right? Like, how is she so awesome? How can she do all of these things and totally be good? Like, she's not stressed. She's not worried. Like, it's just like easy, breezy, beautiful. She's cover girl. And uh, this is what God said. How many of you guys love God? I just love him. He's so amazing and he's so smart. Who would have thought? Um, but anyway, he said, she's thriving because she is balanced. And she is balanced because she is rooted. This woman, she didn't begin here. I know we're reading about how awesome she is, but she didn't start being awesome like this. Like, she didn't start with all of everything together. She had a, a process. This is where she's at now, but this, is, this isn't where she's always been. Amen? Before we see her as a final product, we have to see that she went through a process. And that's what we've been talking about a lot today. We've been talking about processes and how important it is for us to acknowledge the process that we're going through. Amen? We need to recognize and understand that there's always a process and we can't compare ourselves to others. I can't compare my process to your process. We're all uh, leading different lives and we're all in different seasons. I'm not in the same season as you are. I'm a wife, um, you know, I'm a pastor, I, I have other things that I have to do. Um, you know, I, I can't compare myself to Shirley and her processes. I can't see Shirley, you know, getting a great new job and, and hate on her or, or anything like that because that's what she needs for her life. It's not necessarily what I need for my life or, or where I'm at in my, in my life, but that's where she's at at her life. Can you guys say process? Process. So I asked God, God, what does it mean to be rooted? And how fast can I get there? Right? <laughs> totally uh, neglecting the whole process. Like, I literally asked him that. Like, how fast can I get rooted, God? And this is what God said. He said, this is what it means to be rooted. You guys ready? Okay. So he said, being rooted means to be solely reliant upon me, completely trusting me, knowing you can't live, breathe, survive, bloom without me. He is our life source. We can't live, breathe, bloom, survive. We can't do any of that without God. You guys get me? Does it sound kind of desperate? To me, it sounded kind of desperate. Like, we have to be desperate for God. And sometimes desperate can be a bad thing. Like, it can be a bad thing for us to be desperate for certain things. But when it comes to being desperate for God, it's absolutely essential and vital to your spiritual growth. It's so important for you to be desperate for God. Like, if you're without him, you can't breathe. Like, he is your oxygen tank. We need God in our lives, desperately. We need a good root system. A good root system that only he can give us. Amen? So, how's my root system? 
Turn to your neighbor and say, how's your, or ask him, how's your root system? So I asked myself, I asked myself, how's my root system? And I asked myself, am I desperately seeking him? Am I living like I need him? Or am I doing this life stuff on my own? How is my personal relationship with you, God? Have I settled in? Have I gotten comfortable in our relationship where I don't even really say hi anymore? If you know boys to men, we don't even talk anymore. We don't even know what we, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we can't do this life thing on our own. We can't. It's, it's too hard. But I want to tell you guys this. I want to tell you that God did create us pretty amazingly. I don't know if that's a word. If it's not, it is. God created us pretty amazingly. We're pretty awesome. We can do a lot as women. We honestly can. We can be successful. We can be confident. We can be sexy. <laughs> if you guys don't think we're sexy, then you're tripping because how did you get here? Come on. <laughs> but we, we, we got it going on. Like God made us really awesome. We're a really awesome creation. Like, I, I preached about this a while ago, about how God made us so incredible. Like, just think about your nose for a minute. I know it sounds funny, but you can smell things. Doesn't that, like, blow your mind? Like, I can smell when someone, like, kind of is not smelling too right, and I can smell when someone's smelling really good. I love how my husband smells, just so that you guys know. I thank God for smells. I love smelling my husband, and I know that may sound weird, but I love it. Like, I love laying in bed next to him and just, <sighs> just taking in his, all of his Mario-ness. I love it. <laughs> but we're amazing creations. But I just want to say, Throw in an ugly day in there, though, and see what happens. Let's look into the mirror on a day and not like what the person reflecting back looks like. We can be really awesome until we look at that mirror and we don't like what we see. When we look at that mirror and we feel unsuccessful, unaccomplished, unworthy, when that happens, when life happens, the sexy goes away real quick. The confident goes away really fast. Our amazingness cannot stand on its own. It needs to be founded or planted or embedded in Jesus Christ. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Jesus does not have an ugly day. He doesn't have a bad hair day. He doesn't even have bad breath. Like, he's perfect all the time. So imagine if instead of relying on ourselves as unperfect beings and relying on him who is constant, stable, consistent, 
We can smile through our bad days like Pravi does. Amen? Can you guys give glory to God for that? So, when failure strikes, when life happens, and I don't know what that looks like for you. It can look like you burned the chicken. (laughs) It can look like your kids are in trouble. Your marriage is in trouble. You lost a job. You're gaining weight. (laughs) I hate fat days. Let me just say that. But when that happens, that's when being rooted is the most important. When you burn that chicken and your husband has to eat that burnt chicken because you don't want to go to the store anymore. But thank God he likes it crunchy. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But these are the times when being rooted counts for everything. These are the moments, the days, where being rooted is so helpful and essential for us to keep on going. So, deep roots equal equal growth, which then equal fruits. So, these fruits are sustainability, confidence, um, I mean, the list goes on. You guys know what they are. Those are the fruits that come from being rooted, that come from the growth that being rooted provides. Amen? Without deep roots, check this out. If a tree falls in the woods, no. (laughs) We have a tree, right? Let's picture a tree. We have a tree. This tree cannot grow to its full potential if it's not deeply rooted. If this tree sprouts up, the weight or the pressure of things will outweigh the tree. The tree has nothing to keep it solid in the earth. So when when roots are not deep enough, the tree becomes uprooted. And God is not in the business of uprooting. He does, he does not want to uproot you. He didn't, he didn't have those intentions for your life. His intentions are for you are for you to be deeply rooted in him. So I believe that every woman in here, I want you guys to just put your hand over your heart. And I want you to feel this as I say it, okay? Because the reason why I want you to put your hand on your heart is because I'm, I'm speaking from my heart right now. And I want to speak from my heart to yours. I believe truly and wholeheartedly that you are all destined to succeed in life. In whatever you're walking into. In whatever you're going to do. You are destined to succeed in life. Failure is not an option for you. It is my mission in life, (laughs) in this ministry of women. Honestly, I didn't choose to to have a women's ministry. Like, I did choose it, but 
not really. Like, it wasn't my intentions. They weren't in my plans. Like, I didn't come into church. I didn't even think that I was going to preach. When we started Grace and Love Church, I was going to stick to photography, and that's it. Like, I was going to do, like, my little designs, and just that was my role for the church. But then, you know, when God calls you, it's really hard to say no because he starts building these desires in you. It's like he does place a seed in your heart or several seeds in your heart, and they start to grow and develop into actual passions and desires. It wasn't my passion or desire four years ago to have a women's ministry. I grew up with all sisters, and just to be real with you guys, um, like my mentor says, I love you, but I didn't really want to be in business with you. I have three sisters. Like, I know how difficult it is for women sometimes. And I didn't want to be in that space. Like, I didn't think that I was fit to be that person. Because I just felt like I have so many things that unqualify me for this position. So it wasn't my intention to be here with you guys, which is pretty cool because God always goes with the people that aren't looking for positions. Amen? Just so that you know. But I believe that all of you guys are destined to be something in the kingdom of God. All of you, each and every one of you. We all have giftings over our lives. They may be silent right now, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. So my purpose is to hopefully, through the Holy Spirit, who is amazing, is to awaken all of those gifts and passions that you have. Because this world has gone on too long without us women being all that we can we have too much to give we are too amazing to sit down and do nothing amen you guys are quiet give me some amens let me know you're like with me <laughs> thank you again the 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 proverbs 31 woman she is a she is a final product she is the product of being rooted and growing and bearing fruit. She is the final product of where we are. We're headed to a place. We're headed to amazing things. We're headed to bear fruit. But we have to go through certain processes. I'm not saying that you aren't bearing fruit now, but in order to continue to bear the awesome, juicy fruit that you're bearing, you need to have your roots dug in deep into the earth so that you can be unshakable, unwavering, and you cannot be knocked down. We are not building sands, I mean, houses on sand here. We're building houses on rocks. So we can't live life, just to let you know, chasing success. Like, I can't go after success. I'm never going to catch it. I'm always going to, like, fall short from it and just exhaust myself. I can't live life chasing to be successful or to be somebody or to be recognized, to be known. Like, I can't live life like that. Honestly, it's, ex it's exhausting. Success, just so that you know, you don't have to chase success. You know what makes you successful, ladies? Thank you. What makes you successful is knowing, and this is going to sound so corny and Christianese and all of that, but honestly, it's just the truth. Jesus Christ makes you successful. Him loving you makes you successful. I mean, think about it. The God that invented smell loves you. The God that invented everything. He invented the world, the stars. 
just the air out of just everything you he loves you sometimes i feel like we don't understand his love we think his love is small or not big enough but it's it's immense it's so huge and he said that he loves you i i can't comprehend how someone that is loved by this god could be a failure or could be unsuccessful so if you find yourself chasing success please stop yourself and chase god instead and let me tell you he's not hard to catch up to because he doesn't run from you he runs to you so i want to tell you our perception of success is not always correct how many of you guys know that show of hands our our um perception of success is not always right I'm going to tell you a little story. I am now a stay-at-home wife. And for a long time, I didn't like that. I found it not good. I lost my job a while back. And I didn't understand why because to my knowledge, I I was doing a great job. You know, I was told by my managers always like you're such an awesome like person here like we love you we're going to give you a raise like all of this and that and just out of nowhere i lose my job and so i'm i'm at home and it 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 doesn't feel good and it didn't feel good for a while because i felt like being a housewife was was not something that was revered after Like who grows up and says I want to be a housewife? Maybe a desperate housewife now. But um <laughs> But it didn't feel good and and God has been working in me through this. So I was at home feeling like I was feeling really unsuccessful. I didn't feel really good. I didn't feel like I was contributing to our household. Like I was helping my husband out. I mean, I look for jobs but just nothing was coming through. And finally I just said to myself, "You know what, God? I'm just going to sit still on this for a minute. You're not the one, you're not you're not the type of God that doesn't provide. You're not the type of God that doesn't open up doors for us. But you want me here right now. So I'm going to be here. And I'm going to do it successfully." Now there's times where honestly I have felt like man I kind of like I wish that I that we were we would be able to like buy a couple more things like we've lived in our house for 9 years and let me tell you it needs some remodeling like our couches are, are kind of like talking to us now <laughs> they're like give me away <laughs> um no I'm kidding they're not that bad There's times where in life when you find yourself in situations like that where you find yourself in situations where you're not succeeding and the whole world is succeeding, you hate and you compare yourself and then you go and you take that and you point it to God and you say, "God, why are you having me here?" Like why does so and so excel in life? Why are you blessing that person with checks in the mail and I'm barely making ends meet? Like what is up with that? We may not always have everything we want, but how many of you know that that's okay? 
It's not okay for you to have everything you want. It's okay for you to say no sometimes. They opened up a Chick-fil-A in Downey, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, like half a year ago or something. Oh, my God, I love Chick-fil-A breakfast. I love it, those, like, tater tots, but they call them whatever, but they're tater tots. They are so good. I love them. I love them. So there was one day where I was, I was trying to eat better, and um, I went to Ralph's, <laughs> it's funny, I went to Ralph's to go grocery shopping. And so I was going to go grocery shopping to buy food that could essentially make me breakfast. But Chick-fil-A is right across the street. <laughs> so I, like, I went to Chick-fil-A and, <laughs> and um, I felt like God told me, no, I don't want you to have this today. What? But it's Chick-fil-A. They're Christian. <laughs> it's like I'm glorifying you with, with what I'm eating. Like, come on. No, I don't want you to have this. So I drove out of the line. <laughs> I went home and I made me some eggs. <laughs> but it's good. And it's so healthy for us to say no to things especially to ourselves. It's good to say no. No, not right now. Amen? One thing I forgot to say about the whole house thing. So I'm a housewife now, right? And um, it was really tough because sometimes people would ask me, so what do you do all day? And honestly, you know what my response? Okay, I, I love you, okay? I love you. But can I be honest with you? You know what I want to say sometimes? What do you care? Like, what, what? Is it your business? Like, who, why do you care so much about what I do all day, right? <laughs> I do things. Church, it takes a lot to, like, run a church throughout the week. I do a lot for church. But you know what my favorite thing about being a housewife is? My favorite thing is that I'm able to get up in the morning at 6.30. And then I get to cook lunch for my husband. I get to make him lunch, and I make him a good, healthy lunch. I feel the spirit right now. I get to make him a really good lunch. Health is such a big thing for us right now. With this whole baby thing, we have to get really healthy because we haven't been taking care of our bodies. And so now we have to really do that. And it's an honor for me to be able to give him a good lunch so that he can get healthy, so that we can have our babies, so that we can both be healthy to have our babies. So for me, honestly, making him his broccoli, his chicken, his carrots, it's awesome. It's, I don't know, it's, it's so awesome for me. I really, truly enjoy that. So God, you know, through God, like, helping me through this and, and helping me feel successful where I am, no matter where I'm at, you know what I discovered? I'm the CEO of my house right now. And that makes me feel really good. <laughs> so if you guys want to know what I do all day, I do CEO stuff, okay? That's what I do all day. Can we get an amen for that? <laughs> so just like God has good roots, the enemy, and sometimes we, have bad roots. 
It's very, very important that, that we distinguish these. The bad roots and the good roots. The bad roots are associated with unbelief, untrust, looking at yourself in a negative way, thinking that you're ugly, thinking that you're a failure. Everything that you, that you know God wouldn't say to you is a fruit of bad roots. It's very, very important that we don't let these grow in us, especially in our hearts. Bad roots are very easily grown in our hearts. And you know what develops? We get bitter, we get jealous, we get angry. Like all of those things de develop in our hearts if we allow them through bad roots. So we want to rebuke bad roots right now in the name of Jesus. We want good roots. Amen? So good roots. What am I doing towards achieving good roots? What are you doing, my sister, towards your good roots, towards developing your good roots? What are you doing? Are we making time for our process? Are we leading righteous lives? Think about what I'm asking you. Are we making time for our process? Are we doing that? Are we leading good lives? We can sometimes complain about God not coming through for us. But how many of you know that we need to start coming through for God? We need to start stepping it up with our time, with our devotion to him. We cannot sit and say, God, you're not doing this and this and this and that for me. But you're not really, like, doing anything either. You're not reading, you're not spending time with him. It just doesn't work like that. Nothing works like that. Can you imagine? Okay, I think this would be pretty awesome, but imagine if I could just be like, size five, and that's it. No working out, no eating right, all the ice cream in the world, and no diabetes. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And what we're putting in our bodies, what we're giving our time to, we're going to reap from that. We're going to bear fruit from that. We got to start making wise choices. Some of you have to start saying no to certain people and certain things that aren't good for you. Like some of you guys really need to start saying no to them because they're not benefiting you. They're not helping you. They're not helping you grow. So Jesus Christ, he was walking in town one day, just walking down the city, just taking a stroll. And he sees people coming towards him. He's able to recognize that some of them are Pharisees. And they don't look too happy. So finally they get to him. And he notices that with them, there's a woman. I don't think she's dressed. They throw her at his feet. And, and they say, she was caught in adultery. She was sleeping with another woman's man. What are you going to do about this? People already had rocks in their hands because they were going to stone her. So now this woman, I can picture her. And I can picture that she's on the floor. I want to think that she's naked because I don't think that they gave her time to clothe herself or cover herself up. I think that they saw a chance and they took it. So picture this woman clothed in her shame on the floor. 
And I can picture her, and she's, she's in her head, and she's thinking, God, why did I make this choice again? Why did I decide to go to, go to his house again or have him come to mine? Why am I in this situation again, God? Why did I do this? Why didn't I listen to my gut? My gut was saying no. My gut was saying no, don't do it. He's married. He's not going to marry you. He's not going to leave his wife for you. Don't do it. But she did it anyway. She went with that man and she slept with him. And these other men who were looking for trouble, they found her and they threw her at Jesus' feet. And imagine her gaze. Her gaze is like downward, right? She's down here and she has her face down. And I'm pretty sure that she doesn't want to look up because she's so embarrassed. She has her face down and she's just waiting because she knows this is it for her. This is it. She's going to die. She's going to die. She's done. She made a mistake, and now she has to suffer the consequences for it. So she has her face down. And Jesus, she hears something happen on the left of her. She hears something on the floor. But she doesn't quite make it out. She doesn't know what it is. And then she hears one rock fall to the ground. And she thinks, this is it. This is it. They probably just missed. But the next one for sure is going to hit me. For sure it's going to hit me. She hears another rock fall on the ground, and it doesn't hit her again. And then she hears one and another and another. She hears all these rocks fall around her. And in her mind, she can't figure out what is going on. What's happening here? I'm supposed to be in pain right now. I'm supposed to be dying because I messed up. And then she hears footsteps leaving her. She hears people leaving her. But she's too afraid to look up. She's still looking down because she's scared, because she's embarrassed. They brought her out. They, they took her from her darkness and threw her into the light and exposed the ugly that she was hiding behind closed doors, fully exposed. And then she feels a sweet breath near her. She feels a sweet breath next to her, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. And he tells her this. He says, my daughter, look up. There is nobody here accusing you anymore. There's nobody here accusing you. Look up. He lifts her up. I'm sure he gives her his coat or whatever he's wearing because he's a gentleman. He makes her feel safe again. He makes her feel okay again. 
and he says five words to her. And just so that you know, I think these five words are some of the most powerful words written in the whole Bible. The most powerful five words in the whole Bible. He tells her, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. This woman was lying on the floor, clothed in her shame, thinking that her life was over. She messed up. Now she had to suffer the consequence. But Jesus, with those five words, five is a number of grace. He came down and he showed her grace and he gave this woman one more chance. He gave this woman another chance to succeed in life. Can you imagine how much of a failure she was feeling like? Out in the dirt, exposed, about to die? She felt like a, a complete failure. But Jesus comes, he clothes her, he makes her feel safe, and he says, Go and sin no more. He gives her another chance to be successful. Some of you are here tonight because, yes, you want to hear from God. We all want to hear from God, and these are the, this is one of the main reasons why we come to these things is to hear from God. But some of you specifically are here because you need one more chance. You need another chance. You want God to give you another opportunity to succeed. And I want to tell you that you have it. You have it. He's giving you this other chance to succeed. You have an opportunity to succeed. You just need to choose Jesus. You just need to choose to follow him. Follow him. Be desperate for him. God, what else can I do to encounter your presence? You know, when I first gave my life to Christ, I felt like I won, like, all the money in the world. And I couldn't spend enough time in his presence. Every Bible study there was, I was there. Somebody was talking about Jesus. Uh, are, are you guys talking about Jesus right here? Let me know what's going on. Like, tell me, fill me in. What else did he do? Like, every time something was being spoken about, about Jesus, I was there. Every time I was there because I was thirsty for him. I wanted him. I needed him. I was a mess. I had no confidence. I didn't love myself. But when I found out that Jesus loved me, I learned to love myself. So every time there was an opportunity for me to be in the presence of God, oh, you best believe I was there. I took advantage of it, and I was there. I didn't care if I had to drive from Norwalk to downtown Los Angeles, from Norwalk to Culver City in traffic. I drove because to me, I was going to Jesus. He mattered to me, so I wanted to be there with him. That's my life. 
That's my story. And I want to challenge you. Thirst for Jesus Christ. Be thirsty for Him. Become rooted in Him. Some of you need to stop giving up and you need to stick with your process. Stick with it. Don't give up. Stick with your process. Grow. Become big, fruitful trees and bear fruit. That's for you. That's the life for you and me. Your success doesn't look like your neighbors. Your success looks like you. Your success looks like you. No comparisons, no expectations, no limitations. Just you and him.